You've landed on the Lonely Diplomat podcast. And wherever you are in the world, from Ankara to Athens to Addis Ababa and all places in between, welcome. I'm Phil McAuliffe and I'm the Lonely Diplomat. My work helps diplomats and those living the diplomatic life to reconnect with themselves and the world around them. And I do this through my work on my website at thelonelydiplomat.com. I do it also through this podcast, through regular blog posts, through social media on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and through a place called The Lounge on my website, which is a place for those who are diplomats and those living the diplomatic life to come and get support and support other people just like them on all issues relating to the diplomatic life. If you're not a member, please feel free to come to thelonelydiplomat.com forward slash the lounge and sign up. If you're a diplomat or are someone living the diplomatic life, you know that there are highs and there are lows. We talk about the highs and we share them frequently and readily on social media, but we don't tend to talk about the lows or we feel guilty or worse, we're made to feel guilty when we say that things aren't all okay with this diplomatic life. And we inevitably experience the lows just as we experience the highs. But this is why I'm here. I'm creating the safe space to talk about all aspects of this diplomatic life. You're not alone. You're supported. But I need your financial support to continue and to help me grow my work. I know that we can do great things together. Go to thelonelydiplomat.com forward slash support to learn more about how you can support me financially through either a one-off contribution or a regular monthly contribution. In this episode, I'll be talking about diplomats and competitive storytelling. Now, this was the topic of a blog post that I published back in November 2018 called The Lonely Diplomat on Competitive Stories. Now, there's a link to this blog post in the information about this episode. But if you haven't read it yet, and of course, while you're listening to this, you're or straight after listening to this, you're going to jump on the website and read it. But I was thinking about what happens when we diplomats and those living the diplomatic life get together, because we inhabit a world that is quite a strange one. Unless you are a diplomat or living the diplomatic life, it can be quite difficult to convey this strangeness to people who have not lived this life before, who who don't understand. We perform the extraordinary and we perform extraordinary things so often that after a while they can appear routine and mundane. Now, what I mean specifically is that we diplomats can see people on their worst days and do this day in, day out, particularly if you are a consular official. Similarly, we organize and make things happen between our countries behind the scenes that are done within incredibly tight deadlines, with an incredible amount of pressure to get it right. 
And we do. And we do this, as I say, so often that it can actually feel quite mundane. But each one of these instances can, in their way, affect us. And we do this, if we do this over a number of years, those, the cumulative total of all these experiences, extraordinary experiences, and sometimes incredibly stressful experiences can affect us. So the premise of the blog post and this episode is to explore what happens when people who inhabit this strange world get together. And when we get together, it can be a pretty big deal. You know the scenario. It's a social situation. It might be after work when um, people have come together in a regional conference and are sharing a meal once the workday is done. Or perhaps you're, you're visiting friends in another, um, in another city where they're posted for a few days. But let's imagine that we are sitting around a table with other people who are living the diplomatic life. So people who get it. And something really special, I feel, happens when this happens. <laughs> and we are among people who get it. And even within, like leaving aside the social aspect, even within the office, when you might go to someone else's office and you're talking about work, how often does the work talk kind of be resolved and you end up having a bit of a a chat and reminiscing about old times or frankly, a little bit of a gossip um, about what's going on and, and comparing war stories about how something that's just happened reminded you of when something happened, something similar happened on a previous posting and, you know, and, and, and kind of the discussion kind of morphs from that professional talk into, you know, a, a, a social talk and, and its connection. That's the critical thing to remember. It's connection. These are critical opportunities for diplomats and those living the diplomatic life to connect with people who understand. They're really important because it's in these settings that the stories can come out in a safe space. Now, because of the competitive nature of diplomacy, many of us diplomats, we simply can't help ourselves. We've spent years in competition for everything and for every opportunity to show how our colleagues, how tough and how hardworking, committed, dedicated, smart and clever we are. And every opportunity to to convey our awesomeness is actually seized. Here's, here's the rub. Here's my concern. And, and when we get together and we're amongst people who get it, people who understand, someone can open up and share something that's troubling them. They might downplay it or they might sort of cache it in terms of, you know, that, that, that makes it kind of hidden and therefore comes across as very subtle message that, that, that something is troubling them. But they've still said it, and they've still said that something isn't right for them. Now, when we're in this kind of competitive story situation, we have a choice. We can either listen and respond with empathy, 
or we can kind of sail right past it and one-up them with our own story. We can compete with them on a story. Now, I've heard many conversations, and actually I've said this many times myself, in response to when someone has raised something, uh, raised an issue that has said that they might not actually be coping or, or might need help or support on a particular issue, and I've said and I've heard, well, that's nothing. There was this one time when I was in blah, and I would then one-up them with my story. Do you do that? Have you noticed that as well? Because what what happens either deliberately or accidentally is that this response says, shut up, your situation isn't that bad. Think of me or someone else who's had it far worse than you. Now, instead of recognizing someone's that someone's made a courageous effort to reach out for help, we've stopped listening as and, and when they're talking, we're busy constructing our response about how awesome we are to then add that to the conversation. Indeed, we actually insert distance into the conversation where rather than the opportunity to connect and listen and properly communicate, we take the opportunity to appear more competent, and more resilient than everybody else. Now, the person who is brave and reached out can be left quiet, feeling alone and feel that the situation that's been causing them some angst and anxiety actually isn't that bad and they should just knuckle down, you know, keep calm and carry on and all that with the thought that that we have to be resilient and, and, you know, if we show any kind of weakness or some kind of inability to endure the most unendurable situations as part of our, our daily work and, and regular expectations of the work that we do, we will never get a promotion. We will never get prom- a, a posting. We will never get that kind of great opportunity that we long for to showcase our skills against other people. So when these conversations happen in whatever circumstance, we can be stuck on transmit, like a like holding a two-way radio. We can hold the button down and be on transmit rather than taking our thumb off the button and putting ourselves into receive mode. Our ability to do our jobs well depends on how we read people and understand subtle verbal and non-verbal communication skills. But we can set aside these skills in a rush to connect with people who get it and show them our our awesomeness and and exchange those sort of stories of, of near misses and things that have gone well, things that went really badly um, and, and, and the whole range of stories in between. Now, in that attempt to project our fantastic, amazingly resilient, ever posting and promotion ready selves into the world, you can miss someone genuinely reaching out for help and support. Now, I know this isn't deliberate. No one deliberately wants to ignore someone who's really reaching out for help. But because of the competitive nature and the need to be always resilient and the corruption of 
resilience in diplomacy to mean the ability to just keep on enduring, enduring and enduring huge amounts of stress and work and weight of expectations and keep on coming back and back and back and delivering the work time and time again, rather than the ability to flex and then bounce back to form, which is the true definition of psychological resilience, because of the the, the corruption of resilience and our need to be competitive, we can miss that opportunity, that person very quietly, very quietly, very subtly saying that they're not okay. So the next time you have the opportunity to catch up with a friend who is a diplomat or lives the diplomatic life and you ask them how they are, please listen to the answer. Sometimes they might brush aside your your question and give a, a breezy response back. Insert the how are you question back into the conversation uh, after a few minutes and a few questions because that is generally the cue for people to then open up and talk about how they are. When this happens, pay attention to the words that they use, the words that they don't use and how they're saying the words. And remember that we diplomats make careers out of speaking without saying anything. So we need to be prepared to dig a little more if we feel it's needed. Now, I'm not asking you to sit down and solve their problems for them. Simply, what's needed is a kind ear to listen, someone who understands and some friendly support. And sometimes the best advice that you can give is suggesting to your friend that they might need to speak to a professional so they can get the support that they need and deserve. Critically, and this is the really difficult thing for people who project images of being endlessly competent and effortlessly confident, is that when someone asks you how you are, be brave. Please be honest. Speak up if you're not doing so well. Drop the facade of having it all together and let someone in to help. You don't have to do this alone. And indeed, while it's really scary, it can be really scary, it could be the best thing that's happened to you. So in wrapping up this short episode, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Think of the times when you've been in this kind of social situation, either over a meal or in an office, uh, in the office setting, and someone's asked you how you were or stories were being freely exchanged and stories of near misses, stories of things that have gone well, that went all awry. What did you do? How did you participate in those conversations? And what will you do now? I'm firmly firmly convinced that we diplomats and those living the diplomatic life are our best source of support. We need to be brave and speak up. And I'll remind you that I have created a place on my website called The Lounge, where you can come and get support from other people who get it. And 
you can contribute, you can engage in the lounge anonymously. That's all that I wanted to say for this episode. If you've got a question for me on this, on the content of this episode, or some feedback on this or other podcast episodes, please send me an email to admin at thelonelydiplomat.com. If you like my work, please give it a rating on the service through which you're listening now. And if you do like it, word of mouth is by far the best advertising. So if you do like it, please tell a friend. If you think that I can improve something, please tell me. If you've found value in this episode, please show me some love. Please go to thelonelydiplomat.com forward slash support and read about how you can make a one-off financial contribution or support me monthly through a small financial contribution. That sounds like you're getting ready to go. So until next time, be awesomely and humanly you because the world needs more you. All views expressed in this po- episode are my own, and all sounds are freeware in the public domain. Thanks for listening.